and welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about a career in this industry, specifically how to get into it and how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreadX, an API and application security company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we are joined by John Hammond, Senior Security Researcher at Huntress. John, how are you? Doing well, Gene. Hey, thanks so much for having me here with you. Uh, excited for this. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we uh, really appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't know John, and I think uh, many of our listeners probably have, because I was just looking on LinkedIn, and I think the other day we looked, you had 175,000 followers, and I just looked now, and you have 177,000 followers. So <laughs> goodness, <laughs> you're creating a lot of great content, but we'll get into that. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your journey of getting into cybersecurity and uh, a little bit about Huntress, because some of our listeners are new to cyber, might not know much about the company and kind of what your role is day to day at the company. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, well, hey, I'll be super duper quick. I'll try to speed run through the origin story. But uh, if there's anything that's, I don't know, a little bit interesting, we'll zoom in on it. But uh, sure. No, I suppose I, I grew up sort of, I don't know, like any any other kid thinking, oh, I, I want to make video games or I want to be a, a hacker like I see in the movies and all that Hollywood style and the cool flair to it. So when I was younger, I think maybe 10 or 11, uh, I said, hey, dad, I was chatting with my father, like, you know, I want to build a website because I think that sounds really cool. And he taught me HTML and CSS and some of the stuff, the languages that make up for the web and websites. And he said, well, hey, if you want to host this website, you should have a, a server. You need to host it on a web server. And he got me some like Dell Optiplex and threw Turbo Linux on it. And that opened up the floodgates to like, oh, let's learn Linux. Let's learn how to automate this stuff with Python or Bash. And I don't know, that set the snowball in motion. So I knew I, I want to pursue that because I'm just having a lot of fun with it. And I don't know, tried to navigate getting things started, worked within the Coast Guard for a bit of time, uh, pivoted over to the Department of Defense for teaching and training with their Cyber Academy, and uh, tried to spend some time as an operator uh, at the Threat Reduction Agency. And now I'm here at my day job, uh, happy as a clam in this home that I fell in over at Huntress. A lot of love for the day job. <laughs> That's awesome. And Huntress, a little bit more about what, what the company does day in and day out? Absolutely. Uh, Huntress is a, a managed security platform. So, hey, it's an agent. It's a product that is living on the endpoint to keep an eye out for hacker activity. Oh, what malicious implants, what beacons, what hooks and claws might be in place? Can we detect ransomware? Can we see strange processes happening as EDR functionality, yada, yada, yada. All that kind of funnels through to nerds and geeks and security researchers and analysts like me. And then we'll get to have more context to rapidly notify and help remediate and mitigate for partners. It's a lot of fun and there's always something to chase. <laughs> yeah. I bet you a very dynamic environment and a lot of smart people that you're surrounded by. Uh, making uh, the, your clients uh, safer on a daily basis. Thank you. Definitely. <laughs> awesome. So you, you kind of touched on this, but you started your career working at the Department of Defense. And for our listeners, kind of thinking about an entry-level cybersecurity job, what, what do you think are the key benefits to starting uh, with the federal government? Ooh, super good question. So I fell into a bit of a government contracting spot. And it's interesting because there is security in it. And it's like, hey, you know, like stability. Hey, we have a contract and we're going to be working through to see this operation. But there's also a little bit of moving parts and pieces as to where will the contract go next. But it's very, very cool to throw you into some incredible opportunities that you might not have elsewhere. Maybe there are some hay stipulations. Oh, get a checkbox done for the clearance or anything else that you might be up to. But that can really kind of open some doors with uh, 
friends in high places, so to speak, right? (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. So I know we talk a lot about, you know, how to advance um, people's careers to kind of the executive level. And we talk with CISOs and say, tell us your journey in hopes that we impart some guidance and advice uh, along the journey. But you know, think about the the other uh, side of this, which is people that don't desire their end state is not to become a C-level executive. They love being practitioners. So, you know, like yourself. So what do you think your, your thoughts are on how people can really build out a practitioner career? Thank you. No, I, I love this question because it's something that I don't know anyone else may be listening in. And I, I feel like I, I tend to get asked every now and again, like, hey, John, do you want to be a manager? Do you want to start kind of keep climbing the ladder? Would you like more of these higher level roles, whether it's executive, whether it's C, et cetera? Time maybe will come for that. But I, for the moment, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And I don't think everyone maybe wants to be a manager, right? We're happy to just kind of still be, remain an individual contributor because that's where we're having a lot of fun. I say, look, I I can't manage myself, let alone other people, right? (laughs) But more tactically, I'm sorry to your question. I think it's really a matter of practice and sticking with it, uh, keeping up with latest news, latest trends, latest things that are happening in the industry, whether that's, I don't know, scrolling around on bleeping computer or other news outlets or trying to see, hey, what's the latest vulnerabilities or tradecraft that some threat actors are putting together? What's the new technology that new stacks, new products, new infrastructure is built with? It's truthfully, and I think we might be a bit fortunate in what we do in our industry, but especially as a, as a researcher in air quotes, you kind of just do what you think is fun and interesting. And you can blend that to, hey, the mission and the goal at hand. <laughs> I think about it in terms of just any career. There is a um, kind of a mindset that maybe our parents or our, our guardians kind of instilled in us that uh, thou shall raise, uh, rise up the corporate ladder. And if you don't, uh, you somehow haven't achieved, quote unquote, unquote, I'll use quote unquote, success. I had a really interesting discussion in, in just a totally different field, but a friend of mine is a very successful individual contributor salesperson, gets paid really well, loves it. And, you know, he just, it's all about his customers. He's all about, you know, making them happy and understanding their needs and bringing really unique solutions that happens to be in cybersecurity. But he came to me and he's like, well, you know, I, I know I need to become a VP of sales. And I'm like, why? Do you desire to to learn about the intricacies of everybody's life and <laughs> and uh, sometimes adult babysit? He's like, oh, that sounds terrible. I'm like, well, that's part of being a VP. Yeah. And I personally love that, but it's not for everybody. So I think orienting yourself to what you're going to be successful at, what you're going to be passionate about, I think is all the the keys to be able to really be successful in in, in your career. And as you define uh, individually what success is, then equally, I think you hit on a, a great point about curiosity. And, you know, you're a very curious person, and I've, I've only just got to know you through our prep and today, but I can see that you really uh, strive to kind of unpack things and understand things. And I, I do think that's a, a critical step if you want to get into cyber because it's constantly changing. The, those pesky hackers are constantly changing the game. And we got to be up for, you know, undoing the puzzle, right? And figuring out those small pieces. So I I think you just exemplify what people should aspire to be an awesome practitioner. Well, thank you so much. If I may, I'd love to dance with that just a bit more because I'm thinking everyone's definition of success is very, very different in different ways, maybe. But I think ultimately at at its core, it's just kind of finding some 
fulfillment and and really, really great meaning and, and value out of what you're doing, what you're up to. Again, I'm happy being a worker bee because I know that I can make a difference in a real tactical way there. I can see, hey, wow, whatever I just put together in sharing this thread intel or carving up and understanding what this new attack chain is and being able to get that information out to people, well, hey, they can board up the windows, amplify their defense, their set in action because of some stuff that I was able to help with. Yeah. And I find that really, really fulfilling. I think, man, we really move the needle in what we do. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. So we mentioned at the beginning of the show that you've got 177,000 followers. <laughs> so you are definitely a content creator. People don't just uh, click on your profile. They, they, they see some prolific and, uh, you know, very successful content that you're putting out there. But, uh, you described it as kind of networking for introverts. Can you explain what you what you mean by that? <laughs> well, thank you. No, thank you so much. It's a passion project and a labor of love. I have this silly YouTube channel that has grown to just over half a million subscribers, which I'm love it. pleased and proud of. Yeah. What is it called? Just my name, uh, just John Hammond. Hopefully, if you search for that, you'll see, hey, the silly redhead kid coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Twitter and LinkedIn is, yeah, around 180 or 175,000. So very, very happy to see that grow and blossom and really foster a community there because it's all about learning. It's all about education and having fun and getting sharper in our industry. But that has been uh, a slow and continuous effort, truthfully. It was something that I kind of just thought, hey, it would be fun to do. Years ago, if you pull back to the archives, you might find stuff from like 2009, 2010. Wow. But it didn't exactly, it didn't grow, at least in a really momentum way, until about 2018 or so. But it's just fascinating and fun to hey, keep watering the plants there, watering the flower and see, hey, where, where can we go next? But it's not a overnight success by any means. I, I really feel like, hey, we're chipping away at it. We're trying to turn the temperature up one degree at a time. <laughs> yeah. And what do you think the underlying like passion for you in doing that? Because it, it's your part-time job. Oh, yeah. And I know your day job is not a 40-hour <laughs> week, uh, you know, nine to five. It's a 24-7, some incidents, I'm sure. So what's the underlying passion that gets you so excited to create this great content? At first, and I think it's still a component of it now, it was testing myself because truthfully, that's how I had learned. Like when I was again at that young age thinking, hey, I want to go be a hacker or make video games, blah, blah, blah. I would Google and, I, and I'd look online at how to be a hacker. So it's a genuine search query. And I had stumbled across Eric S. Raymond, one of the, uh, I don't know, free and open source software kind of visionaries and leaders during that time. And he had a blog that was an article literally titled how to become a hacker. And they say, Hey, learn programming, learn some language. If you want to dig into this thing, uh, we suggest Python cause it's easy to read, easy to write. So I'd go onto YouTube and I'd look up Python programming tutorials. That's the free resource. That's hey, the open internet that we all have that open archive and catalog. And I thought, okay, if I'm learning through this, maybe there's one way to test myself and that I don't know, they say, hey, the best way to know if you're a master at something is if you can teach it to others. And I thought maybe it's a certain kind of giving back, but I know that's, I don't know, a little bit wishy-washy here and there, but it does feel like a really cool community contribution. And I like being able to stockpile these, but it's also an incredible feedback loop 
because I'm willing and I realize to sort of build in public or fail in public. When I run into a wall, when I go down a rabbit hole or when someone can say, hey, you know what, John, you could have I know you spent five minutes on this, but it could have been five seconds. If you use this tool, you use this trick, et cetera, et cetera. So I get to learn and so does everyone else. And I, it's a lot of fun. Wonderful. I find it really interesting because uh, it, it is, um, is ultimately a side project. So I was really interested to it. So I think, uh, you know, last question, you know, where can our listeners get access to your educational materials you create and what are some of the, the latest uh, subjects uh, that you're posting about? Oh, thank you so much. So truthfully, the the main stage is is YouTube, but a lot of that will sort of get syndicated and funneled out to um, Twitter and LinkedIn. That's all just my name, John Hammond. I think there's an underscore in the front on Twitter, but um, <laughs> it's fun because we get to dive into so much interesting and fun stuff. Our, our industry is so wide, whether that's capture the flag training and vulnerabilities and all, or trying to chase cybercrime, looking at dark web, looking at onion tour sites to see what real threat actors are up to, or just pure programming, or I don't know, phishing scams, et cetera, et cetera. Lately, if I may, we've been chasing this um, move it transfer vulnerability. Uh, there was a big zero day that was kind of, hey, breaking news and headlines for a bit. And I've been trying to do my due diligence, working in the trenches and, and being the front lines with everyone understanding that thing. So keep it a busy. <laughs> well, wonderful, John. Before our listeners, John's a very modest guy but he's uh, obviously a very, very smart and a prolific creator of content that he's giving out to the world. So please take the time to dig into it. Uh, he wants to help you become smarter so that we all make this world a safer place. And uh, I think all that time and effort uh, is paying dividends to the greater good. So John, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much. Hey, we're in this thing together. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free content from our cybersecurity training portal, ThreadX Academy, by using the promo code podcast. ThreadX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity topics, and you can learn more by going to academy.threadx.com. Also, check out a recent episode with Deputy CISO at HubSpot, Alyssa Robinson, called Finding Opportunity in an Economic Downturn. I think that's one people are really going to enjoy, especially considering all the things that are going on. And uh, lastly, if you want to learn more about API and application security, please visit our website at threadx.com. John, thank you again. Uh, thank you for taking the time to do our podcast. And thank you for all the great uh, content that you're putting out in the universe. We all appreciate it. Thank you, Gene. We'll keep in touch. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.